to CGF Minis covering week 13 of CGF football. My name is Jacob Park. And I'm Wyatt Keener. I had some analysis about week 12 as well. Well, Wyatt, I'm back from Olive Branch, Mississippi. Got the chance to introduce a lot of people to CGF Minis. Um, big hit, that goes without saying. Uh, made sure to even get my my newborn nephews who couldn't, couldn't chew the candy yet. I blended it into their milk <laughs> bottles, so they too got to experience the delicious milk chocolate and tangy candy center of CGF minis. The tangy milk flavor is one to, <laughs> one to note. I'll have to try that mix myself. I'm sure there are CGF mini milkshakes available somewhere though, where you can, you can try that with a, with a more adult flair than putting it in a <laughs> bottle of milk and letting it dissolve. If not, there will be soon. These things are blowing up. You got to get your hands <laughs> on a box before they're gone. <laughs> I uh I've yet to see some in stock here in Middle Tennessee, but as soon as I do, I'll be jumping on them. Didn't have the chance to take them to Cookville, Tennessee, but hopefully uh, by the time Christmas rolls around, as the CGF playoffs are in full swing, I'll be able to find them at my local Dollar General. We'll see. Sounds like a plan. All right, do you want to start us off with a, a standings update for this week? Yeah, Bruce Matthews ten and two back on track with a win last week. In second place, winter faces dropped to eight and four, retained their current hold on the bye, but nipping at their heels are three seven and five teams, the Gotham Knights, the Marley Magic, the Matriarchs, and rounding out the playoff picture in sixth at six and six, the God Kings. How about that? Three sixes, kind of a interesting omen for where their season's headed. Seventh place, touchdown to Abbey, four and eight, eighth place, Pit Kings four and eight, ninth place, Mooses four and eight. And currently in pole position for the number one overall pick in the 2023 Dynasty Rookie Draft, your popular ballers at three and nine. Yep, things definitely starting to fall into place here um, as the chances of, of somebody surprisingly getting into that sixth place spot are now deemed impossible, at least by the predictor we've been using yeah, uh, with the 10,000 simulations. Definitely possible from a win-loss perspective, but I guess that's factoring in the points for, and it just it seems like it is pretty much going to be impossible, I think, for anyone to catch uh, Brady and the God King, Brady and Zach and the God Kings at, at this point. Um, one thing I was... Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it'd be interesting to know <clears throat> what the most amount of points one team has made up over another, over a two-week stretch. Uh, the God Kings currently sit 130 points clear of touchdown to Nabby, which is a massive, massive number, but it doesn't feel completely impossible if they had like a 200 point week and the, and the um, God Kings really struggled. I guess that'd have to happen twice though. Have to be like yeah, a 200 point week and 130 for the God Kings. They'd almost have to be tanking, I think, to, yeah. to catch them, but. What well, is sorry, touchdown to Nabby. Let's hear from. <laughs> let's hear what Jake has to say. What is, what is interesting to me with them falling to sixth place and you at second right now. If you fall to third, guess who you're playing again in the first round of playoffs for the third year in a row? Ooh, man, a little God Kings Winter Faces rematch, and that would be back to back weeks if that if that if the seating worked out that way because we played each other in week 14 of the regular season so that'd be a fun little oh, scouting, scouting opportunity for our teams you know how much do they reveal they keep some plays hidden in the playbook for the big playoff matchup be interesting to see 
yeah, that's what I'll be rooting for from here on out. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other notes or just general week thoughts before I go into the uh, the first matchup of the week? No, I think we'll probably talk about it as we go with these matchups. But the uh, how aggressively teams committing commit to tanking will be something to to monitor as we head mm-hmm. into the week. But I'll talk about that as we go. All right. Well, first matchup this week, we have the popular ballers visiting the Brews Matthews. Uh, Brews have the old-time series lead here, four to nothing. Ballers are coming in on a three-game losing streak, most recently just losing to touchdown to Abbey with a half-tank uh, effort going into that game. Um, and the Brews have won their last matchup. I believe they just played the Pit Kings. Um, one big note I have for this game is Deshaun Watson uh, is returning, and I, I will be playing him to see what he's got, see uh, maybe a, a glimpse into what our team might look like next season. Um, my roster, I don't really think I have a tanking roster set. I'll have to double-check what I have. The one obvious weak point is running back, but that's really just because I have nobody there to play. Yeah. Uh, I think my one of my starters is projected to only get like a half a point or something like that, but I don't have an option that's healthy, so... Um, <laughs> That's the good thing about playing the Brews if, if you're a tanking team is you can try your best. You can put a good product out there on the field for the fans, and yet mm-hmm. you can still feel confident that you'll get that loss and uh, <laughs> keep a stranglehold on 10th place. The Brews are uh, similarly lacking in, in much to play for uh, with the number one overall seed seemingly locked up. The only team that has any kind of a chance to catch them on win-loss record is the winner faces, but a very comfortable point differential between the two teams. And so this is a game you just want to see everybody come out of healthy. Um, Again, another glimpse at Mike White. So there's some quarterback intrigue on both sides of the field. Popular ballers, as Jake mentioned, have Deshaun Watson back. The Cleveland offense has been so built on running the ball with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and some poor quarterback play with them. That'll be interesting to see if the uh, Deshaun Watson offense is similar at all to what they've been running or if they have a completely different playbook or different style of play calling with him back there um it's also been a year and a half uh, over a year and a half since he's played in an nfl football game so i'll be very interested to watch him of course i don't know if i in that last week's episode i don't know i may have been too friendly toward deshaun watson i want to make sure that it is clear that he is a sexual assaulter and uh, not somebody that in real life we cheer for because he sucks but uh from a purely fantasy football perspective um we'll see what the popular ballers have in store for 2023 uh the rest of bruce matthews lineup aside from mike white which mike white could be an all-star we'll see but uh it's the regular cast and crew mark andrews back healthy against a tough denver defense it'll be interesting to see if he is able to um get back in form. He didn't play poorly against Jacksonville or Carolina in his last two weeks, but still not the dominant season that he had last year. And then a slew of great wide receivers to put up the big points. So something to keep in mind as we head down the playoff stretch, the Bruce Matthews did make a move before the trade deadline, adding Andy Dalton from popular ballers, uh, the necessary QB depth as Winston has been benched. And uh, you never know with, Zach Wilson, Mike White, who's going to get that start. So um, showing up his QB options, as always, Bruce Matthews, 69% chance to win against the popular ballers. All right. That's probably all I got for this one. I agree that Watson is a, a piece of trash, but um, <laughs> and when you're in 10th place, you got you to gotta do some things you don't want to do to try yeah. and crawl out of that hole. So 
Uh, not only I'll, I'll add this too. Sorry, not only um, do you have a one game lead on the first overall pick, but you also have a pretty healthy point differential between you and the next three teams. So um, all We're the really more bad. reason, yeah, all the more reason <laughs> that, you, that you can uh, you can try hard the next two games. I don't know. Maybe next week you have to tank, depending on how hard teams tank. But they're not. They're 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 geared up for twenty twenty three. Yep, you got it. All right, next. Next matchup we got this week, we have the Pit Kings visiting the God Kings. Uh, the brothers' old-time series record is 2-2. Two to two. Pit Kings are coming into this game on a one-game losing streak, while the God Kings have dropped three straight, mm. uh, fallen into sixth place, which looks to be secure. But I have this marked as a, a pretty pivotal game for them, just because the sixth-place team is guaranteed to have to face the Brews in round two um, if they win, you know, assuming they win the first round. So um, the only way to escape that is to climb higher in the standings. Most likely, if you're not the number three seed, you're going to be facing the Brewers in round two, though, unless six upsets yeah. three again. Uh, so the higher you can climb, you know, the better to to escape that. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a Game of Thrones to monitor for sure. We uh, we all have grown to love and adore the league's first rivalry between the two uh, brothers, the kings on either side. The God Kings are still in a very good position. As you said, um, if they win out, there's a possibility they could even... I mean, they have a point differential advantage on everyone, but the winner faces the Gotham Knights, and they're close enough to the winner faces that they could pass us um, if they win out and we lose out. So again, despite this rough skid, still plenty of time to get things back on track. And as we mentioned, almost impossible, essentially impossible for them to fall out of the playoff picture. Um but still a lot to play for if you're hoping to avoid Bruce Matthews, as you mentioned. The God Kings uh, don't really have anything that they're doing wrong. Uh, they got unlucky last week against a uh, Moose's team that exploded one of the surprises of the season. I would say one of the most surprising <laughs> scorelines of the season um, and just put up insane numbers. And it's always frustrating when you have a matchup like they did where they had Antonio Gibson starting at running back and the uh, Mooses had Brian Robinson, and the other Washington running back start. And it's just a toss-up with who gets the bigger day. And it happened to be Brian Robinson. Of course, that matchup alone wasn't the difference. Mooses put together an incredible week. But we, we'll talk about them later. Uh, should be an exciting opportunity for the God Kings to get back on track behind Jamal Williams and Austin Eckler in the run game. Uh, Devontae Adams took a backseat last week to Josh Jacobs' explosion, but he is back in a prime position against the Los Angeles Chargers defense that has struggled without Joey Bosa. Um, st- deep in quarterbacks with uh, Ryan Tannehill and Taylor Heineke on the bench, a good position to be in as you head down the stretch. You need, uh, I'd say, a solid three. Well, you need, I'd say, four starters if you're going to be a playoff team just because you never know with injuries or uh, somebody like Aaron Rodgers, especially if he's going to kind of take the rest of the year off as the Packers fade from playoff position. So um, good depth heading into the playoffs and, and they'll be a team to watch as we've said the pit kings currently have a competitive lineup set we'll see they've been one of the more aggressive tanking teams in the past in the first two years of the league but they have a lot to play for pride is on the line and the all-time series lead against the god kings they can move to three and two so uh jimmy garoppolo looks to build off of his last three weeks in the um, blazing 49ers offense some injuries to cmc and debo last week but brandon Ayuk. And George Kittle is still there to put up big numbers. 
Latavius Murray, uh, Murray is potentially the running back that you need to own down the stretch here. Uh, I know the Pickings were looking to move him, unable to, but maybe he'll put up enough points in this matchup to bring home the victory. Should be one to watch. Young Kyron Williams, will he be able to get a stranglehold on the Rams' backfield heading into next season? We'll see. Yeah, it was a good point that this really uh, echoes last year. Even I think Colton was in a similar position um, playing Brady in either the last that's week right. or second to last week. And that's when he went all in on the tank. I think he even could have made playoffs with a win. Um, yeah. But I think I've, I've spoken to him since and he'd said he regretted it. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> I know there it. were a few dominoes to fall to. It wasn't like just like he had to win. It was like he had to win and a couple other things to happen. But like you said, you never mm-hmm. know till uh, it's all settled. But. We'll see. So far, it's looking like, at least when I checked the points for for each team, his looked reasonable, so I don't think he was at least committing uh, all-win on the tank, but we'll we'll see what happens. All right, anything else on that matchup before we move on here? No, as you said, currently projected by Sleeper to be 53% of a chance of a God King's victory, so very neck and neck. It should be a good one. All right, game three this week, we have the Marley Magic visiting the Winter Faces. Old-time series record is 2-1 to one in favor of the winner, winner Faces, so these teams haven't played that often in the past for um, three years now of, of the league. Uh, both these teams are coming into the game on a one-game losing streak. Um, pretty big matchup here. Yeah, curious to hear what you have to say about it when, <laughs> when, we're, when we're done talking. Uh, <laughs> Not going to take the bait there, though. Uh, Marley (laughs) Magic with their second straight week of a huge matchup for seeding purposes. Last week, unfortunately, falling to the Matrix, who had an incredible week. Tua is back after a bye, and he is um, liable to put up a lot of points in a potential shootout versus San Francisco. Kenneth Walker and Nick Chubb, we mentioned the potential role change for Nick Chubb with Deshaun Watson back. What will he looked like, but at the same time, if the Browns do go heavy passing the ball, Donovan Peoples-Jones is likely one of the biggest beneficiaries. We've seen him have a, a mini explosion here midseason. And what else can we say about Christian Watson, who um, just has put up incredible numbers for three straight weeks now, topping 20 each week and scoring six touchdowns over that three-game span. Uh, Jeff Wilson continues his ascent in the Miami backfield, seems to have recovered from an injury. Travis Etienne similarly seemed to have dodged a potentially scary injury. So some good breaks there for the Marley Magic. We talked about quarterback depth, though, and how that can do you in around this time. They are one of those teams that is losing some of their starters. Baker Mayfield had an opportunity to reclaim his starting role in Carolina and was unable to as Sam Darnold takes over. Jacoby Brissett is now on the bench as Deshaun Watson returns, and Matt Stafford has uh, had a litany of injuries this season, and there are rumors that the Rams may shut him down for the rest of the year. So their depth will be tested as they head into the playoffs. Maybe we'll see that last taxi spot open up and James Cook be added to the active roster. Should be interesting to monitor. On the other side, the Winter Faces had the other big matchup of last week and got off to a hot start against the Gotham Knights. Uh, The wildly emotional reaction of the Gotham Knights GM did nothing to discourage his players on the field, though. They were able to launch a massive comeback in the afternoon window 
and went from a pretty heavy underdog by the time those 3 p.m. games started to having clinched the the uh, matchup with the winner faces by the end of the evening. Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow look to rebound from middling weeks given their standards, and the rest of the winner faces hope to get healthy in time for this week. Again, uh, Debo and McCaffrey both missed good portions of their game last week, which is part of the reason that the Gotham Knights were able to mount a comeback. We'll talk about the other reason when we get to them. Um, and then just a bunch of questionable tags up and down the roster. Raheem Mostert, Travis Homer uh, with questionable tags, Romeo Dubs with with questionable tags. So uh, hopefully an opportunity to, to uh, get healthy and put together a good week. We'll see how this one goes. It, it should be a riveting game, an exciting one between two of the top teams in the league. Anything to add? Game of the week. There this it is. is. Uh, partially just for my my fascination with the jersey matchup we have here. Uh, we have the yeah. winner faces in their blue pants. If you are unaware, when wearing blue pants with the regular uh, classic white winter face jersey, the team is 9-1. and one. Uh, wow. While the Magic, I went back and kind of looked through the last few weeks when they were on their win streak. They have a history of winning in the Navy jerseys, the, the new set wow. this year. When wearing any piece of the Navy so far, the Magic have been five and one. So this is going to be a, a real test of, of which of these was just coincidence and which of these um, these setups really have staying power. Uh, yeah. So I'm just excited for uh, for the, the Jersey database results that I'm going <laughs> to get out of this game. Um, along with this just being the one that's probably going to have the most impacting on our seeding of the teams that are left. This is the only matchup that doesn't have one of the eliminated teams in it. So, um, But I, did, I really didn't realize how, how badly the magic are hurting in the, the quarterback department with everything going on. So that, yeah, that is interesting and, and really poor timing kind of for them with playoffs coming up, but that's all breaking down now. Yeah. And Marcus Mariota is one of their two starters. Then Tua obviously has a lock on his job, but if the Falcons fall out of the playoff race, they could potentially go uh, take a look at Desmond Ritter in which case the magic would be down to just one starting quarterback. So some nervy moments in that front office. All right, so I assume uh, this one is not your game of the week, then? Not, not my game of the week. Not my game of the week. All right, then on we go. Fourth matchup this week is Touchdown 10 Abbey visiting the Matriarchs. Uh, all-time series record between these two teams is 2-2. Two and two. Both these teams are coming into the game on, on win streaks. The Abbey have only won one so far, but the Matriarchs have actually won three straights. So that was a win streak that kind of snuck up on me, um, including snapping the Magic's five-game win streak just last week, so... They're heating up at the right time here as playoffs are just around the corner. The uh, touchdown to Nabby are currently favored to win. Sleeper gives them a 60% chance of winning this matchup. I would be surprised if in any of the last three games that the Matrix have won, if they've been favored. Uh, it feels like we talk about their matchup every week and they're projected to lose and they have continued to show the projections uh, that you play the game, and it's not a game of mathematics. Mac Jones led the way with a huge Thursday showing against the Vikings last week. An opportunity for the Patriots to go very pass-heavy again this week against a Buffalo team that may be putting up points in bunches if they have to keep track, uh, keep up with Buffalo's high-scoring offense. We'll see what Mac Jones can do. He's had a very disappointing uh, first half of the year. You wonder how much of that has been due to injury. Maybe the 
uh, lack of confidence that the coaching staff has put in him with the brief uh, flirtation with Bailey Zappi. Hopefully he's able to return to his form of last season. And then a huge week in store for the Cowboys offense against Indianapolis. Tony Pollard and Dalton Schultz should be both putting up impressive numbers. Quez Watkins was picked up off waivers. He's been with the winter faces for the last couple of years, and he's immediately slotted into the starting lineup over Robert Woods and Tyler Boyd. So uh, that's a currently, oh, we'll see if that happens when, uh, when the games kick, but currently a very interesting decision there. We'll see if that holds steady. And if so, what kind of opportunity Quez Watkins is given in his first start in the CGF. On the other side of the field, we get the other side of the Thursday night matchup. Josh Allen leads the touchdown to Nabby as he's done throughout his entire career. Tyreek Hill is back from a bye. Jamar Chase is hopefully back and healthy. And yet despite missing both of their um, superstar wide receivers, touchdown to Nabby were able to secure a victory last week and keep themselves, give themselves a fighting chance in this race for six that we've already deemed over. But, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and talk them up like they got a chance. Um, regardless, the touchdown to Nabby are known for never giving up, never throwing in the towel, never tanking. And so a tough matchup for the matriarchs. Certainly nothing is guaranteed in this one. No game of the week call. No game of the week. Okay. Wow. No game of the week call. No game of the week. All right. Well, we'll move on then from that one to the final matchup this week, uh, which by process of elimination, we know is why it's game of the week. And that is game the of Knights <laughs> visiting the Rocky Mountain Mooses. These teams have only met once before earlier this season when Gotham took the victory. They'll be on the Moose's home turf, though, this time around as the Gotham stride in on a three-game win streak while the Mooses won their last matchup uh, where they shocked the world, as, as Wyatt already mentioned, with a, a high-scoring victory over the God Kings. The Gotham Knights general manager uh, continues his public behavior. I don't know how, <laughs> how, how, how to describe it. His, his loud public behavior on Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, by declaring his fandom for the Marley Magic in their matchup against the Winter Faces and stating that he was not looking past his own matchup against the Mooses. But you have to wonder if the Gotham Knights GM was paying attention to what the, the Mooses did on the field last week as the highest scorer, putting up 196.78 points, this despite their general manager's best uh, attempt at tanking. The Mooses are down. Kyler Murray, who is on by... And so they're relying on their two young guns, Kenny Pickett and Trevor Lawrence. But Pickett has been looking better in recent weeks and has a very vulnerable Atlanta defense in a, in a dome. It's being played in Atlanta. If there were ever a week for him to pop off, this would be a good one to do it. Uh, he's currently projected for nearly 18 points, and I think that's very, very doable. A.J. Dillon should hopefully finally, maybe, potentially, be building off of a good week last week and putting together a semi-decent year. One of has been overlooked because he's never projected to be like the one of the very top scorers. But um, considering he's been healthy most of the year and getting snaps, AJ Dillon is probably the most disappointing performer, fantasy performer of the year for me. Uh, and then Garrett Wilson popping off with Mike White. Will he be able to keep that up? DK Metcalf, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, all the superstar wide receivers that you know and associate with this team. David Njoku is back and healthy. I think they'll be putting up a good amount of points if 
the general manager comp uh, commits to putting out a competitive team. That said, Sleeper does not agree with me. Currently only gives them a 33% chance against the Gotham Knights. And it's hard to argue too much with that because on the other side of the ball, you have Josh Jacobs, who is the anti-AJ Dillon. Um, for just as disappointing as AJ Dillon has been, Josh Jacobs has been just as surprising. Currently the RB2 overall on the season in coming off a 48.3 point explosion at Seattle last week including a huge touchdown run, which sealed the victory for the Gotham Knights late in the afternoon. This uh, this roster has stayed relatively healthy throughout the year. Mike Williams has had some struggles. struggles. Mike Thomas has been shut down for the year. But uh, a lot of old bones. We'll see how they hold up down the stretch. I would not be surprised to see the Rocky Mountain Mooses pull off the upset as their their owner is the the Gotham Knights owner and general manager is already distracted and salivating over that potential <laughs> buy in the playoffs. Should be a thrilling one and a little bit of a rivalry developing here between the winter faces and Gotham Knights based on some off field antics. Fun to watch. When that message was sent in the live blabber feed last week. Um, the one I'm referring to is when is when the Gotham Knights general manager said, "Good game, Wyatt." Was that uh, meant? I I didn't know this what the score was at the time. I think I was on the road. Uh, was he up at that point? Like it was clear he was going to win, or was that a preemptive uh, yeah, surrender? I was at that point. The winner faces were projected to win like seventy percent of the time, maybe even more than seventy percent of the time. Uh, we were up. I don't know the exact point 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 total, but we were projected at that point. Uh, to score 189 overall points, which if we would have, we still would have beat the Gotham Knights. Even with their explosion in the afternoon, they ended with 185.58. Um, so things were looking very, very favor favorable for me. The Gotham Knights GM Hunter was throwing in the towel, but then just a brutal afternoon slate. Juwan Johnson, no points. Debo Samuel, only 7.3. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, only... I can't find him on my roster. Only 8.9. Uh, Jarek McKinnon only 5.6. So everybody massively underperformed in the afternoon slate and it allowed for a big comeback. But yeah, that was him throwing in the towel thinking it was over. Uh, so it wasn't a, a, a shot. Uh, no, if anything, not a shot. Over -humble, but overly humble. but uh, I, I think it's more of a shot when you give a preemptive gg when it's not over like when your team definitely still has a chance like three out of ten is it's not going to happen obviously it's not going to happen more it's going to happen infrequently that you recover from a three and ten chance but three and ten is still not that crazy of statistics uh so mm -hmm. the winner faces are a little bit riled up <laughs> feel a little bristled by that response oh and in the way things are playing out you would imagine that uh, you guys are going to be two and three. So if the three team finally doesn't get upset this year, we might have a second round rematch uh, yeah. coming right up. So that'll be, oh, that'll be a good one. I hope that, <laughs> that happens. Actually, I really need to start rooting against you a little harder than I am because I have <laughs> your number one. So I need you to plumb in and bomb the last two matchups and fall as low as you can. It's uh, wild the rooting interest you get late in the season. I've been. I like the God Kings. I don't mean any offense by this to Brady and Zach, but I've been rooting against them as I have their first round pick. Um, mm. So it's hasn't been again. Sorry guys, it hasn't been the worst thing <laughs> in the world to see them drop to to sixth overall with those three losses.
All right. Uh, well, we're about out of time here, and that is all the matchups. I'll try to close with one last question for you, Wyatt. Um, another blind one, which I know you enjoyed uh, last week, so I'm yeah. doing it again. Um, I don't remember how long ago it was. might have been months at this point. I I asked uh, everybody how long they thought it would be till everyone won the championship. Um, I think what I really should have asked was how long until every team has made playoffs once, as uh, it's looking Ooh. like we're repeating the first season uh, playoffs this year with yeah. the same six teams making it. Only had one change in three years, so seven of ten teams have made it. Uh, so I guess my question is how how many seasons do you think it will take for all ten teams to have made playoffs one time? That is a very good question. Um, so the three teams who have not yet made the playoffs are the Pit Kings, the Rocky Mountain Mooses, and the Popular Ballers. Of course, Rocky Mountain Mooses did not make the playoffs in their earlier iteration as the Flamin' Hot Cheetahs either. I thought that all three of these teams had legitimate shots at the playoffs this year. Um, and some bad breaks, some injuries, some young players not developing at the pace that maybe some expected. You look at you know Clyde edwards Lair and um, Najee Harris, for example, and the disappointments they've been for the Pickings this year. You look at the inability for Trevor Lawrence to take a huge step forward and be a solid number two next to Kyler Murray or just the inability for AJ Dillon or um, any of the other running backs to really put up the solid numbers that that the Mooses need or in the case of the popular ballers just a litany of injuries and then their um, difficult QB room which now seems to be solving itself as we head into year four of the CGF Um, I honest to goodness think that at the very least two of these teams make the playoffs next year and I would not be surprised at all if all three do. Uh, both Mooses and Popular Ballers have tons of draft capital heading into this this draft. So they could, uh, if depending on how aggressive they want to be, they could um, trade some of that if they want to be more competitive in the short term and get some some players who are still you know young, but um, are are maybe more ready to contribute for their teams next year than than a rookie would. It'll be interesting to see what kind of moves happen around the draft. But um, I think Pit Kings, Rocky Mountain Mooses, and Popular Ballers are all so close. They just need a break or two to go their way. All three have very talented rosters. It's not like there's a clear skill or a massive skill gap, I should say, between any of the teams. So I'll say two years um, until, so like not like this year and then the year after and then the following year. I think that will be, so would that be 2024 is when every team will have made the playoffs as a long-winded answer do you have a, a pick have you have you thought that about was this? that's that was my pick too i was going to say 2024 i think um all three teams should be kind of moving in the right direction like you said I, w- I would expect one to two of them to make it next year and then hopefully all three have at least made it once by 2024 it's almost harder to pick who's going to fall out um yeah not just because it's it's difficult to tell but also because you don't want to publicly um denounce <laughs> teams and <laughs> create friction with the other gms but um <laughs> I'll, I'll go on record i'll say it i'm a oh, analyst right, for right. a reason here um <laughs> the gotham knights and the matrix both have aging rosters and so again they're talented teams their managers know what they've got and manage their teams well um getting the most out of their rosters for what they are but i could definitely see both of them again maybe not next year but in two years um falling out of the playoff picture and so again three of them have to make it but i don't think you know, I mean, who knows? We saw who who missed the playoff. Oh, Marley Magic missed it last year. Yeah, maybe we have a team who just has a down year like the Magic did last year, and there's an opportunity or, or uh, who knows. But uh, those are my two picks for teams on the decline after this year: the Matrix and the Gotham Knights. 
All right, the rivalry uh, deepens between you and the Knights. Let's go. Very, very excited to see where this goes in the future. Uh, all right, Wyatt, any last comments, uh, notes, any questions from you before we uh, sign off for the day? How may, uh, How is your Thanksgiving football viewing? Or did you get a chance to watch all the games, or was the no. Egg Bowl distracting the yeah, I didn't get any NFL games. Not uh, one? Well, there was Ole Miss and Stanford were playing basketball in the morning. My my brother-in-law uh, was there, and, and both he and my sister-in-law went to Ole Miss. That's where they met. So okay. anytime there's Ole Miss on, that was pretty much dominating. And then they played, I think it was that night. Yeah. Um, during the they night games. Football. So I think after the like Thanksgiving lunch, which we had late afternoon, I snuck in there before anybody else left the table when they were <laughs> going over like what they were all thankful for. And you had to list five things I was oh, like, I'm get, no. getting out of here. Uh, and I went and I think I, for a second, I switched to whatever that game would have been. I think it was the end of the lions maybe, or, or maybe it was Cowboys at that point. I can't remember, but yeah, didn't really watch any of them for more than like a play or two. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. But <laughs> at least you were able to enjoy, uh, enjoy some CGF minis. Yep, exactly. At least I was, uh, hunger wasn't an issue. That's it. All right, Jake. Well, that's all I've got. And I appreciate you having me on and uh, let me wax poetic. Have a good week, y'all. Take care, everybody. See you next week. 